You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I am Martina Cunha and you are listening to Backstage Talk. Jonathan Larson asked, how can you make someone take off and fly in one of his songs from Tick Tick Boom? And I, for the past two years, have learned one way to do it, through the power of community. Welcome to the Latinx in Musical Theater special for season three of Backstage Talk, where we will be featuring artists from across all positions in musical theater, from several Latin American countries and different Latin heritages. I am proud to showcase my Latinx family. I hope you enjoy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Backstage Talk. Today's guest is Luis Eduardo Mora. He is a Colombian immigrant in the States. He is also an actor. And Luis is the producer of Bilingual Broadway, a, pro a production company that aims to create digital and live content for Spanish-speaking audiences in the United States and Latin America. Through translations, original content, and educational programs, it will be streamlined the engagement of Spanish-speaking audiences with the Broadway community. Luis, I am honored and super happy you are a Colombian brother in New York and I am super super excited to have you over here in Backstage Talk. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and I I love speaking to a fellow Colombian. I mean there are many of us out here but to to speak to another one is just always a treat. <laughs> Yes, I agree. It is it is a very special treat and truly I am very happy and honored to feature your story on this podcast. So, tell me what made you choose choose the thespian path in life. Well, I I honestly feel like I didn't choose the thespian path in life. Um I um a lot of people know this about me. I wanted to be a pop like reggaeton star when I was growing up. Like, Like when I was 15, 16, I was like hitting the pavement, like recording demos, like trying to get managers and producers and stuff to listen to my stuff. And that was really like what I thought my life was going to be. Um, but then I just literally fell into a theater class in my high school um, out of 
out of nowhere. Like this happened out of nowhere. It's not something that I chose at all. But in that class, I found, you know, community. I found acceptance. It was the first time that like I, you know, hung out with other like queer people and that it was like cool. And it was just like such an accepting space mm-hmm. that it just made me feel really comfortable and that's when I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll give this theater thing a chance. And I was like, at first, I was like, this is corny. This is like, not cool. This is cheesy. Like, what is happening? But um, yeah, then I, then I fell in love with it. Then I guess the theater bug like hit. And a big thing for me with music in general is that I really love like live performances and live singing. Like i I honestly like all my favorite even like albums and stuff that I listen to are like all the live ones. My favorite one is Shakira Live and Off the Record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so the when I found theater and I found that, you know, in musicals, um, it's a live performance every night. I was like, oh, okay, well, this is my gig. I have to stay here. And so that's how I that's how I stayed. That was the beginning of my path. Amazing. Amazing. And of course, Shakira had to pop out in a, a Colombian conversation and I love Listen, it. <laughs> I mean, my queen, between you and me, like, I have a full pitch to give Shakira if I ever have like five minutes with her because I'm dying for the Broadway musical written by her. Oh, a jukebox da- with Shakira that would be, as you said, a I treat. Would- die <laughs> yeah it would be it's so my fun. dream i have a pitch i have a presentation <laughs> well we have to get her somehow <laughs> please do and please call me okay so tell me more about your journey in musical theater so you fell into a class in high school and how did that transform into bilingual broadway oh my god well that is That's like 10 years between point A and point B. So I'll try to keep it like quick and concise. (laughs) Um, I guess, I guess it started like going to college. I, I um, started going to a conservatory program for musical theater um, in Miami, which I did not enjoy at all. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was, um, you know, and we'll talk about this a lot lot more in the interview because it's what I'm all about but I I really don't like the idea of like using people's traumas to like get something out of them Mm -hmm. um which is what like musical theater and like colonized teaching is all about um in you know sort of like training for musical theater or even for acting in general like I feel like there's a way to do it in which is like careful and responsible but that was not what was happening you know back in the day I'm also a little bit older than I look Um, but you know, this, this was not what was happening at the time. And so I did not enjoy that. And then I was like, okay, well, what do I do? Because I, I left that program after the first semester, I ended up like going to a community college just to like be in college. Cause at the time also it was like, if you're not in college, you're a failure. Um, very Latin mindset. Very like, yes. Very Latin American. Like, yes. Um, and then I ended up going to school at Florida State University. Mm-hmm. It's where I ended up like settling and, and going to their theater program there. Um, I enjoyed it. There were also, of course, issues with racism and discrimination, um, which are, again, like it's another like big reason why I'm so passionate about um, educational programs um, is to 
to avoid that sort of thing happening to somebody else. Um, but then after after college, I went back to Miami for a little bit and I was like, let me do theater here. Let me see if I can find a way to like really bring theater to South Florida. And at the time, like I felt like things were kind of happening in theater, but I quickly realized that it wasn't the time at the time. It wasn't the time for South Florida to really have like at least what I what I wanted to produce. Mm -hmm. um I just felt like and I could be wrong and like people could read me for this but I felt like South Florida was very much, much about, like partying and like I just felt like it wasn't the place to create the kind of art that I wanted to create and for people to consume that kind of art um I just think that culturally it just like wasn't there um and so then I was like well I guess I will try my luck in New York and it had been a dream of mine to come to New York and I I used to come here a lot, um, you know, but whenever I had like a college break or whatever. Um, so I came here and I started auditioning and I started to like hit the pavement and I found moderate success. Like, you know, did a did a national tour, got my equity card, like did off Broadway, did readings and worked with like people that I admired. Like that mm -hmm. was a, a huge thing for me was like literally people that that I looked up to, I ended up like being friends with and, and calling and FaceTiming. So that was crazy. Um, but what I did find was that there's this like idea of, um, you know, it, especially with, with Latin A people, it's like, we'll, you know, we'll make the space for you specifically if you're light skinned, specifically if you like don't have an accent at all, Specifically, if you're kind of like an assimilated, an assimilated Latin person mm -hmm. was when I felt like doors really like opened for people. And when I like, I guess, like played that part is when doors opened. But I felt like when I was like authentically myself and spoke the way that I speak and like whenever I like use the references that I wanted to use and stuff like then the invitation just wasn't there. Like it just wasn't as warm and welcoming. Um, so that's when I was like, well, I need to do something. And then the pandemic hit. So I guess I had a lot of time to think. <laughs> uh, and I was like, why don't I create something that celebrates Spanish speaking Latin A performers, which I, I, it's very specific, right? It's like different from like Latin A performers in general, but like us who, like you said, are people who grew up in Latin America or like grew up in Spanish speaking households. Um, and then I started to do research and I found all this information that was just really enlightening. Um, one of the things that I found was that Spanish speaking theater in the U S is called non-jurisdictional theater um, for actors equity. So that means that me as a, as a member of the union, I can go like, work in Spanish speaking theaters, but it won't count towards like my health or pension. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, that's blatant discrimination. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's one of the things that I found. And then I found like, you know, just culturally in New York, 25% um, of households speak Spanish exclusively. So I thought, well, that's really interesting because that means that there's 25% of the population that cannot or that would maybe rather see theater in Spanish and maybe, and there's nothing for them. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's like very specific to where I live. So um, yeah. And then I was like, let me just 
let me just start translating. And I spoke with my friend Belen Moyano, who is an angel in my life. She's currently in the National Tour of Hades Town. Um, and she kind of taught me the ropes. She's like, this is how you translate. Like, this is how you like break down the rhymes. And this is how you do it. And and she consulted me on my first translation, which was For Forever from Dear Evan Hansen. Um, and that was it. And I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess I'm starting a thing. And it wasn't even until like way later that I was like, okay, well, this thing that I started months ago is called Bilingual Broadway. <laughs> like, I, I guess I'm branding it and doing something with it. And now here we are. Um, I think I have 25 videos that are out on YouTube currently. Um, they include, mo honestly, most of it is me because um, COVID and isolation and all that yeah. stuff. Um, but the plan for the future is to take me out of it a little bit more. Um, but I do include a lot of collaborations, you know, duets and also some group stuff. Um, and I'm just like really happy with the work. I also did three episodes of a show um, live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch <laughs> and everything. Um, and yeah, the, the dream is to just keep expanding on that. And I want to do live shows next. Um, I want to do it in a post-COVID world, though. I don't want to do it now. So that's how that is. That, is, that was a very long answer. <laughs> no, that, that was amazing. I mean, that's why we're here for. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So now that you mentioned your work and your initiative with Bilingual Broadway, what is your approach to characters and performing in musical theater when you are translating it from English to Spanish? So, okay, that's a great question. So the approach is to, again, so thinking about my, my point of view, like who I'm making this for, you know, on a personal level, I'm making it for my parents because I want my parents to be included in what I do. But I'm also like on a larger level, I'm making it for that person who like, maybe like has no way into the world of musical theater. You know, like there's a whole population that maybe doesn't know Sondheim and like the genius that that is, right? There's a whole population that like understands that Hamilton is like this crazy thing, but has no way of like really enjoying it. So that's my point of view. So with that, when I'm translating, while I do want to stay as close and I'm very very like adamant about staying very very close if not like per perfectly in line with the intention of the composer or the lyricist um, I also want to keep in mind who 
is listening to this. And a great example of this is um, I did when I climbed to the top of Mount Rock from School of Rock. I don't know if you know that song, but it's great. It's it's sort of like the I Want song from School of Rock, yeah. right? The musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, and there's a part that mentions like all these rock stars in the song. And it's like, I, I forget exactly what it is. I can look it up, but it mentions like three rock stars in a row. And for my translation, the last one, I wanted to include Camilo Sesto. Yeah. And so I, I made an icon. A, yeah, you know what? I just wanted to make sure that like somebody that that maybe was listening to this would be able to like relate to exactly what the intention was, which was, you know, for Andrew Lloyd Webber, the intention was to name these like iconic stars. But I wanted to make sure that like somebody that was listening in Spanish could also like relate to the iconic stars. And like I'm very proud of that lyric change because as we know, Camilo Sesto was also Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus Christ superstar yeah. um, in in Spanish. So being that that's a Lord Weber thing too, I was like, oh my, this is actually like, this makes me very proud that I'm making this. And it's one of those where I was like, yeah, pat myself on the back because I did, I, I thought that was a necessary change, right? Yeah. So that's how I approach it. That is That is great. And I just love it. What advice will you tell a younger version of yourself now that you've gotten into a place in your career in which you are happy with it? I would say to myself, get off your ass and create <laughs> now. I and I listen, a lot of us do this. Like this is not singular to me. This is not even singular to like I would I would say this is not even singular to actors. I feel like, especially when you go through, um, you know, like higher education and whatever, you go into the world with this, like, mentality that that you are going to put, up, put yourself out there and then wait for people to give you permission yeah. to do what it is that you want to do. And that can look like a lot of things. It can look like, for actors, it can look like auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and waiting for somebody to finally say, like, yes, you can be an actor here in this in this role, you know, for two weeks, for three weeks, for a month, for a year, whatever it might be. Um, but it could also look like, you know, a job or whatever that might be. And it took me a long time to realize that I am, a creative person at heart. Like I've always been creative, even like growing up in Colombia, I was always like, you know, taking things out of the trash and like making something with it, making like art or drawing or like, I was always very innovative and like always thought outside of the box. Mm -hmm. And I kind of lost that after going through training here because so much of the training is great. Like be yourself, Show us your trauma, use it, but now fit into this mold. Yeah. Right. But now, like, make sure that you're really sticking to this type. Now, make sure that you're really singing in this one particular way because that's the one particular way that's going to get you jobs. Make sure that, like, I mean, even like my hair, like, right now, for people that are listening, like, my hair is buzzed. This is how I like my hair. I don't like having long hair because I'm extremely lazy about hair care. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, so I would much rather have like bust hair and 
all I mean, every time I spoke to an agent or a manager or a casting, it was like, no, you have to keep your long hair because that's the way that's going to make you most castable. And so I say to young me, like, do what you want, create what you want, because at the end of the day, they're going to put you in a wig anyway. (laughs) It doesn't even matter. It legit doesn't even matter. Like, we just get so caught up on these, like, tiny little things. Um, Whether it's, again, like, oh, I don't have the vibrato that this person has. I don't have the high note that this person has. I don't have the low range that they have. I can't dance. Like, just do you. Create a space for yourself and create work that you're passionate about. So that's what I say. I Yeah, I agree with you. And it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So... Now that you started mentioning how a casting director or how a manager tells you to not change or change how you physically look, what is visibility and representation for you? Oh, baby. Oof. I mean, listen, like, there's there's the answer that's like, we want to see more of our stories um, on the stage. Like, there's that answer, which I think mm-hmm. is absolutely true. But... For me in particular, um, and again, because I do have a a background um, in education, to me, it's about decolonizing everything that we know about theater. And I think it starts like literally when we're children. I think every single relationship and power dynamic in this industry has to change. Um, And that can look a million different ways, but... Mm-hmm. To me, I'm like, first of all, everybody needs to get paid because not having people get paid for work is crazy. Like, that yeah. is just literally, like, what other career do you work for free? That just, like, makes absolutely no sense. Um, so there's that. There's also, there's a conversation that we need to be having around, like, even colorism when it comes to and and just ra- straight up racism when it comes to our community um you know recently in the heights was under fire for that but i mm-hmm. i think that it's like absolutely uh the conversation that we need to be having um we need to be having a conversation about around ableism as well because as an actor something that's very common here is that you know i might get a script on my inbox or whatever, like at 6 p.m. on a Wednesday, and they say you need to have this in by 12 p.m. on a Thursday, like less than 24 hours turnaround, right? And like that is incredibly ableist because it's not, it's not allowing someone who might, you know, be who might have ADHD or who might be neurodivergent, mm-hmm. like we're excluding people because of the systems that are in place. Right. In the same way, um, auditions are super gendered in a super binary way right now, even still to this day. And so there's got to be a way to to change that around, too. And so to me, it's all about like systems have to change. Power dynamics have to change. We need to realize um, in in very, very big and like um very dramatic ways that all of us in this business are important and we all need each other. Um, a great example is what's happening right now with um, with Broadway swings and understudies. There's a huge conversation mm-hmm. around that um, and how they're saving the shows. And I, 
I think swings and understudies are absolutely amazing. My very first job professionally was a swing. Um, but I also realized that, like, you know, in my experience, I've also seen a lot of, like, really um, inhumane treatment towards swings and understudies from my colleagues. And so we need to be looking at that, too, you know. Um, and these are all things that these are all little things that will add up to me in the larger picture to mm-hmm. a true a, to the, the true achievement of visibility and representation is once we have all these things. And I mean, I'm only speaking about a few. There are hundreds of identities that we haven't even covered yeah. in this conversation. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I think it looks like. I think it has to change from the very beginning. Yeah. So in that order of ideas, how do you think we can increase Latin visibility and representation on Broadway? I think that the way to do it for me is that we have to build audiences for it. Right. And so how do we do that? I'm attempting to do it with translations, but you know, I am just one person. I can only do like, you know, a, a, few little things and I, I only have so much weight that I can carry um so that's that's like my thing that I'm doing right but we mm-hmm. also need to be having um I was in another podcast recently uh, or I was being interviewed for another podcast and we this idea came up of like why are we not doing live musicals like they do for the American market like on NBC why are we not doing that on Telemundo and Univision like Actually, Telemundo and NBC are literally the same company. So mm-hmm. why why are we not doing like In the Heights Live with Bad Bunny as <laughs> Usnavi, right? Like, <laughs> where's that? Like, that's how you build. But that might be funny, but like, that's how you build audiences, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. Like, think about this. Like, Bad Bunny is the most streamed artist on Spotify, period. Not the most streamed male, not the most streamed mm-hmm. Latin, like period. So there is a market for media and for representation in in arts, you know, whether it's music or movies or music or whatever it might be. But we do need to find a way in. And like to me, that's a very clear like thing that we could be doing. You know, we could be we could be doing on your feet live on Telemundo. You know, presented by Gloria Stefan. She could be narrating. She could be narrating in the back. And you could have the yeah. cast, the same cast from Broadway, do the show live on Telemundo. Like, that's how you do it. And then you're building this, like, excitement for musicals. And you're building, um, again, you're building an audience that will then be like, oh, well, let me look up, like, what happened when the show was on Broadway. Let me look up clips. And then they run into In the Heights. And then they run into this other thing. And, like you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's how we achieve it. And I mean, the the other conversation we need to be having is that In the Heights opening, what, 2008? And then On Your Feet opening, what, 2014 or 15? I mean, somebody check the dates for me. Like, my God, we need more. Yeah. You know, my God, we need more Latin composers um, in at the forefront. And... I do believe that there are people who have a lot of money who need to be investing um, in Latin 
in in Latin shows. I do believe that. You know, did you yes. know, did you know that Thalia was one of the main producers of Summer, the the Donna Summer musical? What? I had no Mama, idea. Get into it. Thalia was one of the main producers of Donna Summer the musical. Wow. Which I'm like, okay, okay that's like, a game changer, Liv Queen, because I I also love Thalia. But <laughs> next time, can you pick one of us? You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> I got a list. I got a list. Yeah. You know, let's, yeah, let's create Marimar the musical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for you, what is the most important part of creating Latin characters in musical theater? I mean, the most important part of creating Latin characters in musical theater is that they have to be written by Latin and Latin A people. Right? Like, and again, of all experiences because yeah. being a Latin a person who is you know who grew up maybe here maybe like maybe not speaking Spanish maybe shouldn't be writing like a you know an, an immigrant or a first generation immigrant right um so we need to be like very very specific about that and to be clear I'm not saying that if you don't speak Spanish or not as Latino as that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but what I'm saying is that we do have very different experiences, even within the Latin community. Um, mm -hmm. So we need to like respect those boundaries as well. And know that like me, like a cisgender person, like maybe I shouldn't be writing about the trans experience. Right. Because like, I, I'm not of that experience. Um, and so that, that's what I think it takes. It, it takes really including all of us, um, And, and here's the thing, including all of us takes a little bit of thinking outside of the box because mm -hmm. historically, all of us maybe haven't been to, you know, higher education for musical theater writing. Maybe all yeah. of us, like, maybe don't have the same, like, resumes that our white colleagues have. So when you're thinking about, even when, when companies and stuff do, like, open submissions for new work or whatever um you do have to take a chance on people and you have to look at potential and you have to look at ideas because if you're only looking at accolades i mean um mathematically speaking you're already giving an advantage to our white colleagues right yeah um so it takes it takes that that's what it takes yeah okay Luis, if someone wants to work with you to call you and be like, hey, I want you in this production, be my producer or be my performer, where can they find you? DM me. Just DM me on Instagram. <laughs> my DMs are open. You could literally DM me for anything. Um, it is my choice whether I want to respond or not, but <laughs> you are welcome <laughs> to send me a message. Uh, you can find me at Bilingual Broadway on Instagram, YouTube. Patreon and what's the other one? Uh, uh, Twitter now. I'm gonna. I'm changing my Twitter to Bilingual Broadway. Um, so yeah, you can find me. Oh, on Facebook as well. Um, so you can DM okay. me on any of those platforms, and I'm always happy to hear from people and connect people. I'm, I love doing that as well. So yes, please, please message me and let's kiki. Yes, amazing, absolutely. And last question before we wrap up, 
which are your top five favorite musical theater shows? Why do you do this to me? (laughs) (laughs) Top five. I mean, right. So I feel like they change right now. I'm probably going to say. Ah, this is hard. Um, Okay, so let's include like a Sondheim, like Into the Woods is up there for sure. Um, No, no, Company. I really like Company. (laughs) So let's do Company for Sondheim. Um, I really, really love In the Heights, the stage show, not the movie. Sorry about it. Uh, I really love Next to Normal. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, I'm also going to say, musically speaking, Bridges of Madison County is like my jam. Like, I love, I love, love, love that score. Um and my absolute favorite show of all time is Jesus Christ Superstar. And I just got to say this for anyone that is listening. I'm 32 now. Jesus was 33. So you have one <laughs> year to cast me as Jesus in Jesus Christ Superstar. I do have the range. Please call me up because that, that is my favorite show. I could do that show till the day I die. I love it. <laughs> yeah there it's a good yeah. choice it's a good choice Luis thank you so much for coming over I have loved this conversation your thoughts about our community musical theater and on Broadway are super valuable thank you so much thank you you're the best I love what you're doing I love your hair for those of you listening he's got like this blue moment in the hair and it's just so <laughs> I love it Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.